When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Aldi are now recruiting selectors at our NACE Regional Distribution Centre. And we're on the search for people who look to be challenged every day who can make quick decisions and take ownership of their role, who work hard and take pride in the knowledge that our customers and stores are relying on you to make sure everything is where it needs to be, when it needs to be. Aldi Logistics Careers. Apply online at aldirecruitment.ie. Aldi means more. We used to think tech would save the world. Now, we fear tech will destroy it. But we don't have to live in the future we see in Black Mirror. In season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, we'll show you a world where tech empowers us to citizen. Launching October 14th, listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. River Cafe Table 4 is a brand new podcast with me, Ruthie Rogers. Each week, I invite a special guest such as Paul McCartney, Glenn Close, or Michael Caine to discuss their food memories, what they cook, the restaurants they choose, and the food they seek when comfort is needed. Years ago, it was sausage and mash. Yes. Now it's caviar. Ah, okay. (laughs) Listen to River Cafe Table 4 on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Evo Morales left Bolivia after requesting asylum in Mexico. This is Vice News Reports. I'm your host, Ariel Zomoros. And I'm Ben Cruz Caña. So, Ben, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, November 4th. And as, of course, you know, we are still in the middle of the 2020 election. We still have no idea who will be the next president of the United States. Yeah, I mean, really feels like a coin toss right now. We all knew this was a possibility, right? That we wouldn't know on election night who won. But the reason I brought you in, Ben, and for those who are listening, Ben is actually a sound designer here at Vice Audio. The reason I brought you in is because when we were planning for this week's episode, we were trying to figure out how do we cover an election that doesn't end on election night. And you brought up issues following Bolivia's elections last year. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of similarities between what is happening in the U.S. right now and what happened in Bolivia last year, especially in regards to this notion of uncertainty. And from what I understand... This was personal for you because you're a U.S. citizen, but you're also Bolivian, and you spent half your life in Bolivia. Yeah, that's right. 
And what happened a year ago when we had our presidential elections in Bolivia was that there were complications with the vote count. And that sparked chaos for weeks. Indigenous President Evo Morales became the latest leader in Latin America to fall victim to a military coup backed we by... We actually didn't have a president for a couple of days and there was a void of power. This is First not all, a military this, coup. That, this is the story of an authoritarian regime that people in Bolivia... And that led to panic and paranoia in Bolivia which set us on a path where racism was on full display and the country was extremely divided. I watched it from afar, primarily Facebook, uh, WhatsApp, and, and, and Twitter. So obviously here in the United States, we are not there. The U.S. still has a president and we're waiting for results. But what struck me about your comparison to Bolivia and what you and others experienced then was that there is a world in which if we're not careful over the next few hours, days, weeks even, the U.S. could experience extreme disinformation and instability which is what Bolivia experienced a year ago. And I don't want to be alarmist, but I do think that it's useful to talk about Bolivia to better understand what's going on in the U.S. right now. I definitely agree with you, except I I don't just think that this is a lesson for the U.S. alone. I think that looking at what happened in Bolivia last year uh, can be a lesson for the world and especially a lesson for Bolivians. For people who don't know a ton about Bolivia... What do they need to know? So uh, Bolivia is a country of more than 11 million people, uh, where the majority of people are of indigenous descent. And Bolivia does have a history of political instability. In the early 2000s, the country had been through uh, five presidents in about five years. This had a lot to do with resources like water and gas and the privatization of those resources. And on top of that, there was widespread inequality in the country that goes back centuries. And so the election of Evo Morales in 2005 was in part a response to that. And it was a call for change. His election was also a huge deal for other reasons, right? I, I think he's Bolivia's first indigenous president. Right. So this is, this is a very important point. Um, he's of Ayamara descent, uh, which is one of the largest indigenous groups in the country. Coca leaves played a decisive role in the life of Morales himself. He started his political career as leader of the Cocalera trade union. He came up as a union leader uh, representing coca farmers. Uh, he's considered a leftist. His political party, Movement Towards Socialism, is known as MAS. In his presidential campaign, Ever promised to nationalize the country's gas industry, rid it of US influence, and legalize coca growing. So tell me about like what it was like when he was elected for you. In Bolivia, the country's first ever indigenous president, Evo Morales, was sworn in Sunday. I was a teenager when uh, he got elected in 2005. And I remember feeling very good about it, like something was changing in our country. He focused his nearly two-hour inaugural address on bringing justice to Bolivia's indigenous majority. Evo's government did a lot for the country. Um, by many standards, the economy grew at twice the rate of the rest of Latin America. Extreme poverty was significantly reduced. 
And the country rewrote the constitution and changed the name to specifically acknowledge the indigenous makeup of Bolivia. And that's a big deal, right? Like this is a moment where the country is recognizing the diversity of its population and recognizing the more than 30, I think, indigenous groups that reside in Bolivia. Yeah, absolutely. And the Wipala flag with its uh, multicolored squares uh, representing indigenous people also became a national symbol for the country. As Evo Morales claimed victory in the country's election on Sunday, he's been re-elected as the Bolivian leader. So he was re-elected twice. Re-elected again and again. Evo Morales's every man image and gleaming economic track record has placed him on this presidential balcony three times in under 10 years. In fact, he was in office for 14 years. But there are a lot of people who didn't support his policies and what he was doing for Bolivia for his entire tenure. And at the end of his third term, Evo decided he wanted to stay in office. And to make a long story short, the authorities decided that not letting Evo run again would be a violation of his human rights. It was a highly politicized decision. Morales has governed during a period of stability and prosperity in Bolivia, but has faced pushback. Many voters are also unhappy that Morales ignored a 2016 referendum which barred him from running for a fourth term in office. It felt to a lot of people that he was trying to be in power forever. Now he's dealing with the backlash. Millions have turned out for huge civil society meetings called cabildos. Former ombudsman Rolando... Okay, so clearly this pisses off a, a bunch of people, but he runs anyway. Yeah, so the day of the election was a Sunday, October 20th. Uh, this was in 2019. A bunch of political parties were in the running, but it was really down to Evo and the former president of Bolivia, Carlos Mesa. And it was tense going in, and there was like some political turmoil. But I don't think we had a very clear idea or a clear notion of how fucked up things were going to get. So election night was tense. We all knew Evo was going to win, but we didn't know by what margin. And most people were paying attention to what's called the quick count. Quick count. That's like exit polls, right? Yeah, this quick count result usually comes in on election night. And... At the time, the quick count indicated that Evo was winning, but not by enough to win in the first round. And then, all of a sudden, the electoral authority stopped updating results on its website on Sunday night. The quick count stops. Why did it stop? So at the time, no one knew exactly why. But of course, a lot of people thought that it was Evo's side and the government trying to stop a count that wasn't going in his favor. Okay, so people thought this was like a fraudulent election. A lot of people were saying it was fraud. Other people were defending the government, saying it was a technicality. But the reality was that there was just no way to know for sure what was happening. And so I think that this was a culmination of different elements coming together. People were already pissed at the government for an array of other reasons. And the perception of fraud was basically the match that lit the fire, if you will. Ben, how are you experiencing the election at this point? I'm basically in my apartment in Brooklyn, looking at the images that are coming through right after the election and the day after the election. I think there was a sense that things were going south and in a very quick manner. 
violent confrontations on the streets, police using tear gas, people exiting those confrontations all bloodied up. There's very awful images to, to be witnessing and seeing online. So you're seeing all of this come through on social media? Yeah. Logging onto Facebook, uh, videos getting shared by WhatsApp. There's a lot of misinformation, I can only assume. How are you figuring out what's real at this point? There was an element of confusion. Four days after the quick count stops, they finish counting the boats. And Ev was officially declared winner. And he was set to take office for his fourth term. But many people didn't trust this result, and they thought that Evo had committed election fraud. And things began to escalate even more after that. How exactly do things escalate? Well, you saw more people turning against the government. There were massive blockades. There was police repression. There were violent clashes amongst protesters. People were shooting fireworks at each other. They were attacking each other with sticks and dynamite. They were throwing rocks at each other. And unfortunately, some people died because of these clashes. Our country was at war. And this went on for weeks. And some people were even speculating that Evo might not make it out alive. Wait, so you mean that there were rumors that President Evo Morales was now in danger of being killed? Yeah. On November 10th, the army chief suggests and urges Evo to resign. In order to pacify the country. And on that Sunday, a las hermanas y hermanos de Bolivia, a todo el mundo entero, Evo resigns, renunciar a mi cargo de presidencia. I checked in with my cousin right after, and he was like, "Se fue," which means he's he left, he's gone, and that was it. It was very hard to put into words what I was feeling at that moment. I was as confused, as upset as I was up until that moment. We had a realization to deal with, that there was a void of power in the country. And what you do with that, who knows? No one knows. We'll be right back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Nula, I have to say, you look amazing. Oh, thanks. Well, I feel great anyway. Probably thanks to Nutrinua. The vitamin supplements? Yeah, I heard about them at my local pharmacy. They're Irish, vegan, no artificial additives, plus the packaging's 100% recyclable. Wow, I must give Nutrinua a go, so. Nutrinua, an Irish brand of supplements, based on science and free from artificial additives. Available in pharmacies nationwide. Food supplements are not a substitute for a varied diet and healthy lifestyle. Never exceeds dated dose. Always read the label. Remember when we thought tech would save the world? Now we fear it may bring about the end times. But we don't have to live in the futures we see in Terminator, Black Mirror, or Westworld. We can choose a different path, where instead of being used by tech, we use tech to bolster our individual participation, to strengthen our relationships, to help us flex our collective power. So season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, it's all about tech. Launching October 14th, we will bring you the people building things with technology that go beyond just revenue and user growth. They empower us to citizen. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, friends. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. We're your hosts for SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's podcast celebrating all things SpongeBob Universe. We have the privilege that not many SpongeBob fans get. This being an official Nickelodeon podcast, we get to interview the brilliant humans behind the names we've all been reading in those credits for over 20 years. This is a podcast by fans for fans. Listen to SpongeBob Binge Pants on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Evo Morales resigned a year ago on November 10th after there were these huge protests against perceived election fraud. And after Evo Morales was asked by the head of the military to resign, even though by all accounts he won the election. So at this point, Bolivia doesn't have a president. What happened next? So my cousins were texting me constantly. One cousin was telling me that the water had gotten shut down and that there were people out in the streets. Another cousin said that he was arming himself to the teeth. We didn't know who was going to take power of the country. We felt like Bolivia was on the verge of civil war. This void in power left us all feeling extremely vulnerable. I remember that that Monday was the first time I actually broke down and cried. I think it was a lot of pent-up energy from the previous three weeks that we'd all been going through. You know, it's a painful experience for me to revisit, but I wanted to get the perspective from a Bolivian who was there. 
and from somebody who lived through the entirety of the situation. Carlos Macusay is an author and he's of indigenous descent. He's Aymara like Evo Morales and in 2005 when Evo was elected, it made him emotional. He thought of his father and of his mother and how Evo is of their same origin. The night that Evo resigned, Carlos remembers the loss on the faces of his neighbors. He said many of them didn't protest or defend Evo, but they were critical of him. But in that moment, people felt defeated. And according to Carlos, this is when things went from bad to worse. In part because the racism that was already present at the time in the country became overt. You couldn't miss it. On the day of Evo's resignation, one of the major leaders of the opposition, a far-right religious conservative named Luis Fernando Camacho, entered the Palacio Quemado, Bolivian's presidential palace, with the Bible and the Bolivian flag in his hands, and he basically kneels on the floor to pray. Outside the Palacio Quemado, one of his supporters proclaims, that the Pachamama will never return to the Palacio Quemado, and that today Christ is returning to the government palace, and that Bolivia is for Christ. Pachamama, that's, that's like Mother Earth, right? Exactly. So essentially saying that Pachamama will never return is a way of saying indigenous people won't return to the positions of power within the Bolivian state. At this point, Evo's gone, right? He's, he's left Bolivia. Yeah, Evo had left Bolivia and went to Mexico where he was offered asylum. And one by one, Evo's successors begin to resign, or they had already resigned. And ultimately, about three weeks after the election, the conservative Christian Janine Añez of the opposition's Democratic Social Movement Party, who was technically next in line, assumed the presidency. La presidenta está llegando al antiguo palacio presidencial con una Biblia, al parecer. She held an oversized Bible and declared herself interim president, saying that the Bible had returned to the palace. I think it was a move representative of the sector of society that she comes from that has very little appreciation for indigenous people, generally speaking. So her saying that was essentially a big fuck you to all those people.
the center of La Paz, after the resignation, Huipala flags were lowered and burned, and there were also some police officers who were cutting the Huipala flags from their uniforms. Carlos remembers hearing an older woman with gray hair wearing indigenous clothing say, If that's what they do to the Huipala flag, what will they do to me? It had now been almost a week since Eboru had resigned, and my sense was that things really couldn't get much worse. But that was until November 15th. And that's when everything really just imploded. The first massacre took place in a city called Sakawa, almost a month after the election. Security forces fired on unarmed protesters, and at least 11 people died. Most, if not all, of the dead were indigenous coca farmers from the area that Evo Morales came up in as a union leader. The second massacre took place on November 19th in Sencata, a district in El Alto, which is a city above La Paz. And at least nine people were killed by the army and police when they were demonstrating near a gas refinery. Carlos says that for the working class people in La Paz, the massacre was a breaking point. Like, it had stopped being about whether or not you wanted Evo back or not, and was much more about human rights, much more about indigenous people being targets. He saw on social media how people would essentially laugh at the images of those who died, and they would add insult to injury by saying that, oh, we need to put a bullet in them. On November 21st, a month after the election, Carlos attended a march where the dead were carried from Sencata to La Paz's central plaza. It's essentially a funeral procession, it's a gathering. The coffins have huipalas on top of them as well as flowers. And you hear people exclaiming in the background that what we want is justice. This eventually becomes into a march that goes down into the city of La Paz. Thousands of people marching down with the coffins into the city. And this is the march that Carlos joins. He's filming it live. He's, he's there. For Carlos, who has been active in protest for over half of his life, he thought that this march was impressive. Near the center of the city, the marchers were tear gassed and forced to flee. Uh, 
And at one point, the people that were carrying the coffins had to leave them in the streets to seek shelter. Time was slow. The days were long. And nothing ever really got better. You know, it just kind of just went down, down, down. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's like it reached an explosive point. So in a matter of days, a few weeks really, there was a 180 degree change in Bolivia. Carlos didn't want Bolivia to be a place where suddenly people of color and indigenous people didn't have the same rights. And that's why he marched. To denounce racism. And he felt like that was the spirit of a lot of the protests that followed. So, Ben, I, I heard that you went back to Bolivia around this time. What led you to go back? I was told that my grandfather had passed away, and so I immediately booked a flight to La Paz. Just a few days after the massacre, I'm there for a funeral, essentially. But I'm also there to, to just see. After having experienced from afar and, and read about and heard about all these things that were happening... And I was just really, really happy to be there with them, sharing for sure a very sad moment, but also being present with the people that I love. Bolivia is in desperate need of political stability. And these elections are crucial to guarantee the next president has the legitimacy needed to help the country recover. So, Ben, this year... Actually, just a few weeks ago on October 18th, Bolivia had a presidential election. And from my perspective, it seemed like people were once again preparing for the worst. But actually, it was peaceful. International observers, including the Organization of American States, said the vote was generally free and fair. And the mass candidate, the candidate from the party of Evo Morales, Luis Arce, won. And he's going to be inaugurated on November 8th. Yeah, and Evo says he's going to come back to Bolivia. The thing that I've been wondering, the whole time that I've been listening to you talk about last year in the Bolivian election, has been how you're feeling now as a person who's also from the United States, as you're watching the U.S. elections unfold. You know, what's your emotional state having gone through this just last year? Well, to be honest... I have a high level of anxiety in regards to the anticipation of what's going to happen here. I felt like things escalated much more quickly in Bolivia. The response in the streets was immediate. I think that here in the United States, it's taking its time. You know, we're not going to know who won, and people aren't necessarily active 
in the streets. And we're not seeing violent encounters. And I think that's fantastic. But of course, I'm still, I'm still anxious because no matter how you put it, the foundational problems of, of our society here are, are, are gonna persist. It doesn't matter who wins in that regard. And I think my hope is that people maintain themselves psychologically and emotionally. This stuff is very stressful. And I think it's important to recognize the emotional toll and take a minute and breathe a little bit and make an analysis from there. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Living leaves a mark on our planet and in our communities, but it doesn't have to leave a scar. At OnPost, we're building a postal and delivery service for the future through Ireland's largest electric fleet, delivering e-commerce with zero emissions. With the Green Hub helping people transform their homes for greener living and services that keep our communities connected and thriving. Living leaves a mark. Together, let's leave one we're proud of. OnPost, for your world. For more information on our zero emission deliveries in Dublin, Cork, Limerick and Waterford city centres, visit onpus.com forward slash sustainability. I asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at adoptuskids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council. I want to get back to being in my community group. I want to continue having a soccer season. So I can throw parties again. <laughs> so I can go to her parties. <laughs> It'd really be nice to dine in instead of getting delivery for a change. So I can feel safe and protected for myself and my students. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Special thanks to filmmakers Noah Friedman-Rudofsky and Martin Sivak. Look out for their forthcoming documentary about President Evo Morales. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cottrell, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, and Julia Nutter. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. 
Our associate producers are Sam Egan and Sophie Kazis. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. From iHeart executive producer Mangesh Hatikador and senior producer Nikki Etor. Fact-checking by Jeff Peer. Legal review by Yoni Berkovitz. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. Production coordination assistance from Terrasai Gombe. Security by Rami Galli and Sharbel Namor. I'm Ariel Zimros. I know podcast hosts say this constantly, but seriously, please rate and review this podcast. It really helps other people find the show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach the VNR team by emailing us at vicenewsreports at vice.com. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, everywhere you get your podcasts. So be sure to check back in next week. A lot has changed. With more of us working remotely, the way we communicate has had to change too. At Innovate, we're leading that change, partnering with Cisco to bring you WebEx Calling, a complete business phone service in the cloud. With WebEx Calling, your teams can stay connected anywhere, on any device. And with built-in Cisco security, you know you can trust it. For a free consultation, visit innovate.ie. Innovate, the IT solutions people. The reviews are in, and audiences agree. iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela, She's not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive, and this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns. Five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart-stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is gonna collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're gonna come with me and we are gonna take you apart piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now, there are vaccines. And they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now, get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.